But as I was putting together this sermon, the thought for this sermon, months ago, I was thinking about Moses. The old way and the new way. I'm going to walk you through very briefly the story of Moses and the Israelites. I'll say a word about the slavery. I'll say a word about his call at the burning bush and about how he went and convinced the Pharaoh and they made that trip across the Red Sea and then they ended up in the Sinai Peninsula and then it all broke loose because people were unhappy. They were unhappy because they were used to the old way They couldn't figure out what the new way was yet. They didn't like what they saw. They didn't like what was happening. They weren't getting enough food and water. They were wandering around in the desert. And this crazy guy like Moses, they were wondering about his leadership too. I don't think he was a member of the ALT or the MLT or your congregational care team. God appointed him to do something about it. This is the sermon that I planned about three months ago. But things have changed in the world, and we all know it. We've got a new normal, and we typically talk about a new normal. Kind of, wait a minute, I'll speak for myself. I typically talk about a new normal in an offhanded way in January. You know, the bucket list, we're headed into the future. Maybe we're going to work out and get buff and not eat all that chocolate cake kind of a thing. That's the way I'm used to talking about a new normal. But now it's a really, really, really new normal as it was for Moses. You're probably wondering, how did I get myself into this? Who's going to help me? What do I do about these people? They want to stone me. They want to hang me up. Where are you, Lord? You ever asked that question before? Where are you, Lord? I know there's a lot of folks asking that question today. That's what we're going to talk about. Where is God? Where is God not only for for these guys thousands of years ago, but where is He now? Today. Right now. Gail, I invite you to come and share with us just a few verses from Exodus 17. And it's about water from a rock. Water from the rock. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. 
and he called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable to you, our rock, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Maybe it's because I've preached on this before. Maybe it's because I've taught Bible studies on it. Maybe it's because I grew up in Sunday school with this lesson. But this story is so familiar in the life of God's people. And so often, this is one of the areas that I missed. This last sentence here. The Lord is talking to Moses. I will stand there before you by the rock. Christ is not only our rock, but he goes before us and then stands next to us and goes behind us and hedges us in with his powerful grace. Well, even if we're not Bible scholars today and we're not used to opening the Bible, I'm convinced that in some way most of us in this room are pretty familiar with this story. It's one of the foundational stories of our faith, regardless of where we open up Exodus. Just Moses there, let let me back up just a moment. If you go into Genesis and you read all those chapters, eventually you're going to find yourself with uh, Israel and Joseph and his family and a a, a small, powerful family of, of Israelite people all trying to figure out where they're going to live. Joseph, of course, is there, and he is, uh, he's like the linchpin. He's like the, the key guy to take them into the future. They end up in slavery. I believe the Bible says for 400 years. That's another story. The point is not how they ended up in slavery, but the fact that they had a normal. Hear me. The point for us today is that was their normal for 400 years. I don't know how many generations would make up 400 years, but that's a lot of generations where the norm is, well, I'm a slave, but I've got a place to live. I've got a taskmaster, but I also have three squares a day and all the water that I need to drink as well. And then Moses comes along after his call at the burning bush by God, and and he said to him, dude, you now are the elder of all the other elders. Now you get over there and get to work and get those people freed. And you're going to have to tell Pharaoh he's got it all wrong. That's a very interesting story if you want to read it sometime. That's a very interesting story about the plagues, and that's a different sermon. But all the plagues and all the reactions and all the back and forth, well, I think I'll let them go. No, I'm not going to let them go. I'm going to hold on to them. I bring this up today because it's, a, it's really a, a long-standing normalcy in these people's lives. And then Moses comes along and says, I'm going to set you free, by the way. The Lord's going to set you free. He's using me as his instrument. And then I'm going to take you up and around and across this sea. And then I'm not sure where we're going. You just need to follow me. God's going to be ahead of us. A cloud by day and fire by night. He'll let us know what's going on. Sharon, 
Ever had that feeling? Fire by night, cloud by day, but God says, I'm not going to tell you too much at once, okay? There are many of us here struggling with what to do next. Whether or not we should even go to the store. There are a lot of people that have that question on their mind. Uh, For me, it's pretty normal. Monday afternoons, I go to the store, I get 17 loaves of bread. Why do I do that? Because Wednesday morning, there's a group that gets together and we make 204 sandwiches for the Salvation Army. That's my normalcy. Changes when you go to look for bread. The guys need water to hand out. Cases of water. Changes when you go to look for water. Sure does. Finally, after all the plagues, Pharaoh relents. He lets the people go, and they end up in the desert. And you heard it, you saw it a moment ago. Gail read it to us, and they rake Moses over the coals. Dude, you brought us out here to kill us, didn't you? You know, we can really pick on them a lot, can't we? Why those, I mean, I can't believe them. He released them from slavery. I can't believe they don't appreciate anything he does. What's wrong with them? My dad would say people are people. The only difference in us and them is that we wash our feet more often. They were frustrated. Their normalcy was gone. Their normal way of living was gone. They were responsible for feeding their families. For Yeah, weren't they? Yeah. They were responsible for providing them with water and food and a safe place, a safe place. But there was really nothing safe out there, they thought. They thought there was nothing safe out there, but there was. God said, I'll go ahead of you. I'll be there. Cloud by day and fire by night. I'll let you know when you need some water, and I'll let you know when you need some food. And I'm even going to tell you how much food you can gather. Just because you see a bunch of it out there doesn't mean that you're supposed to hoard it all. Relax. I'm in charge. For some people, that works. Relax. I'm in charge. For some people, it doesn't work. God chose Moses to be a leader. God chose Moses to make some hard decisions. And he got to that point where he thought the people were just going to hang him by his toes. But he had to He had to move forward, which is what we've had to do here as well. Things are not normal. These are not normal times. This is a headline and a picture out of a newspaper in New York. I'm not sure what it was. It just said New York something when I pulled it up online. This is uh, this morning. Yeah, this is this morning. These are not normal times. And, of course, the point of the article was everything that used to be normal is not anymore, and it's not so abnormal that all we're talking about are bucket lists and whether or not we're going to go to the gym and what kind of a diet we're going to have, and maybe we're going to buy storage things at Home Depot and go home and redo the garage. I admit that used to be my idea of a new normal, 
this kind of a thing is a first for me. I can remember preaching after uh, uh, September 11th. I actually put together a series. There's possibly some clergy in this room. You did the same thing. I can remember when was it, 2007 or 2008? Remember the Louisiana uh, Rita, Hurricane Rita and all that? We actually sent a team there. I can remember putting together a sermon series. I can remember, although I can't remember the year, what was it, 2009 or 10, the big earthquake? Uh, I remember the sermon. It was called Under the Rubble. Yeah, Under the Rubble. About digging out from underneath all of that rubble. And then we, of course, equated it to our own lives and the rubble that we're trying to dig out from under. The bottom line was always the same. God's ahead of us. God's in front of us in a cloud by day and fire by night. We made it through, my friends. Why am I telling you all this? We survived. We made it through all that. Those of us who are here today, anyway, made it through all of that. So what's going on out there? I went to the store the other day. I'm telling you my story, and I've already heard a couple of stories from you all. I went to the store the other day, and I need to tell you that inside I wanted to buy toilet paper. I wanted to buy water. I wanted to buy my favorite crackers. But I didn't want to buy too much because I didn't want to be crazy. I did. That's what I wanted to do for me, but I actually, the main reason I went was for the church. I went, I decided that I, I'd read all these uh, um, uh, recipes, these recipes online for making homemade sanitizer, so I had my little list of all the ingredients, and I actually found them. I actually found some of the ingredients at one of the Walmarts, and I got a cart. True story. I got a cart, got the ingredients found where somebody had actually taken a, 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 a case of water and just put it to the side, so I grabbed the case of water. I put it all in the cart. I had rubbing alcohol, and I had witch hazel, and I was trying to find something like uh, uh, aloe vera or something to put it all in. And so what am I doing? I'm not pushing the cart around. That's crazy. No, it isn't. I went looking for the other stuff, and when I went back, it was gone. Wait a minute, Scout's Honor. It was gone. It was gone. I'm standing there. People, I mean, yeah, Wendy would have known at a moment. I was mad. I was steaming. I was steaming. I didn't hit anybody. I didn't yell at anybody. I took a deep breath and I walked out of that Walmart. And I put a smile on my face. I said, I'm not living like that. Jack, you and I have talked. Well, you and I have talked. I said to myself, I'm not living that way. I'm not going to be in a bubble. I'm not allowing this stuff to control me. I went to another Walmart. <laughs> I did. I looked for the same stuff. Except this time I grabbed a cart and put a, 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 a children's swimming pool in it. You know, in a box. In a box, I figured that I'll mark that thing and nobody's going to mess with it. Well, guess what? I had my cart but couldn't find anything I was looking for. <laughs> True story. I ended up leaving. This is brilliant. This is from Abraham Lincoln's annual message to Congress, December 1st, 1862. He writes, The occasion is piled high with difficulty, 
and we must rise with the occasion. As our case is new, so we must think anew and act anew. I just went to the store for a few things and I thought I was just being very leader-like by looking for hand sanitizer for all of you. And then I started to think, what are we going to do at Yuma First? Actually, I've been praying about that for days. What are we going to do if we can't get the supplies we need to keep the place sanitized? Ed Roberts, I invite you to bring your microphone and come and stand next to me, please. Ed Roberts has been next to me for several days. Ed is the chair of the administrative leadership team. Brenda Rainey, where are you? Brenda, come on up here. Brenda is the chair of the MLT, and I'm the chair of the congregational care team. I want you to know that your leaders love you, and we talked yesterday morning for 90 minutes before we made the decision about what we were going to do here at Yuma First. Brenda, if you'd get right, get right over there next to Ed and keep him in line. Fred, go ahead. A total of 20 people met. Your administrative assistant, Katie Fuchs, was there because she said, I know I don't have to come, but I want to know what's going on. And she was there, and she took notes. But we want you to know that God is still ahead of us. There's still a cloud by day, and there's still fire by night. He's still out there filling rocks with water. He's still leading the way. And one of the ways that he does that is by urging the leadership to get together and to make some hard yet necessary decisions. Fred, have we handed those out yet? No, no, let's go ahead and do that. You're getting a copy of what we're calling the COVID-19 Action Plan for Yuma First. Obviously, I've already said quite a lot about it to set the stage. We're going to walk through that. We're going to hand them all out. Everybody needs a copy. We're going to walk through it kind of quickly. We're going to tell you a little bit about why we made those decisions, and then we're going to have a question and answer. Wendy Bryant, where are you? Wendy, she's got a microphone. Um, we know there's going to be questions. And by the way, we know there's going to be disagreements about what we decided. That comes with the hats that we wear, my friends. This is one of my scriptures and one of my favorite pictures of Jesus holding up someone by their chin. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Does everybody have a copy of this? We're going to go through this. Help me out. If you don't have a copy, raise your hand, please. And by the way, uh, um, I think it's a good thing if you take another copy, if there's a, uh, because we've got a lot of people that aren't here today. So if you know of somebody who's not here, they live fairly close to you, would you take an extra copy and give it to them? That's very important. 
I want you to note right at the top, it says this plan is very fluid and changing daily. If any of us have been keep, trying to keep track up and keep up with all the news, we realize that it changes quickly and every day. So the plan that you've got in front of you was uh, the decision was made yesterday. Know that it is all subject to change depending on the day. Number one, Yuma First is up and running. Go ahead and turn your microphone on. We on. Uh, Dave, would you would you power up the the two Sennheiser microphones, please? Power them up. Got it. Okay. Go ahead, Ed. Am I on? Yep. You're on. Yep. Um, this is kind of a simple thing, but you know that people over sixty are most susceptible to the coronavirus, and as you get older, you become more susceptible. So what I want you to do is if you are over 60, raise your hand, keep it up, and then look around this congregation. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Ed. That's a real visual. That visual is why we made the decisions we made. Right. Thank you, sir. Yuma First is up and running, folks. We are still the church. We're not any less of a church. That is number one. Number two, Pastor Mike is available to meet one-on-one -on -one and with small groups. Most of you know me. I meet with a lot of people one-on-one -on -one and with small groups all week long. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's a very timely thing. We'll get together and we will meet. Where? Number three, Weekly Bible studies. There's a reason you don't have all those schedules in your bulletin. Weekly Bible studies, small groups, chancel choir, various community groups, for example, ESL, Cub Scouts, etc., uh, Garden Club, all, all the different people who like to come here will not be allowed to meet at the church campus. Again, let me say it again. This is temporary. We don't know how long it's going to be. I got a call yesterday. Pastor Mike, how long is it going to be? We don't know because I can tell you I wasn't thinking in this direction on Monday. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking in this direction on Tuesday. Wednesday I was kind of getting there and Thursday I was there that we needed to do something. Fourthly, effective. 316, that's tomorrow. The church office hours will be 8 to 10. The office will be forwarded to Katie from 10 to 12. All other work will be done remotely. We are very fortunate in that Katie Fuchs is used to working remotely. And not only that, she's had a, a part-time job for years and years as a transcriber for medical professionals. That being said, Katie is going to be transcribing my sermon. Uh, I'm going to come in here on like Wednesday mornings. Let's look at number five. Let's move to number five. Drop-in hours on Sundays. Pastor Mike will be on campus. Weekly bulletins and, and transcripts of the sermon will be available from 8.30 to 11. Many of you already listen to my podcast. That's a digital gizmo that's online for, all, for those of us who don't do online things. That's not going to change. I'm going to go home today. I'm going to convert this sermon. It's going to be uh, uploaded to the podcast. Families are, uh, let me back up before I say anything. Um, Katie is used to transcribing recordings. 
I'm not used to. Do you remember a couple days ago the, uh, uh, what was it, the NCAA men's basketball team, they were going to be playing to empty stadiums? I'm not used to preaching to a church without pews or without people. That's going to be interesting. Wendy said she'd come in here with me. So the sermons are going to be there, but they're going to be a little bit different, I'm sure. I'll just try to imagine all of you are right there. Families are asked to bring their offerings if and when they come on Sundays or mail them into the church office, please. I want to say a word about that. I'm not saying this because, hey, we still need your money. I'm saying this, I'm saying this because we also made a commitment yesterday that our employees would continue to be paid. We're not going to put our employees into a place where they are, are trying to figure out how they're going to take care of themselves and their families as well. So we're asking all of us to do the best we can to, to still support the church financially the best that we can. All families are, gather, are encouraged to gather in their homes at 10 a.m. for a time of personal worship. Um, sort of like, you know, how people pray for each other even when they're in different places. That kind of a thing. We'll meet in spirit. We'll meet in the spirit of worship. Number six. Now, if, if uh, we, we wanted to put something here that we wanted to have a goal. This is where we're headed. The goal is to gather for worship on Easter morning. That's the goal. That's what? Less than a month away. A special activity is currently planned for the children on the previous Saturday. It's being planned. Again, all these plans are subject to change. I don't know how often we could say that. So as of the point number seven, effective Sunday, next Sunday, there will be no Sunday or weekly worship services. There will be no adult Sunday school classes. There will be no children's church activities. And this bottom one we're learning is one of the places where people, where it's, it's a high-risk area. No coffee, no snacks, no sandwiches or lunches will be served from the church kitchens. What are we going to be doing about this? Number eight, Yuma First is already developing and getting ready. We, we, we're still in the development stage um, a family support ministry to care for the needs of those persons who are ill, who are quarantined, if, if it comes to that. But also, it's not here. We've also talked about the importance of maintaining community. So we might be calling you saying, we're coming over as long as you're cooking lunch. I don't know. We still need to work on that. We're going to maintain community. We're going to figure out how to do it. And one more thing, there are some of you who actually are going to get a call, probably from a member of the congregational care team, we're going to be actually just going to you and asking you if you or a significant other or a spouse can help us out to just make some phone calls, maybe make a visit, but most importantly, give you a list and make some phone calls to call some folks, like the leaders. Hey, how you doing? Are you guys running back to Utah? No, not yet. We don't want to do that. Okay? That kind of a thing. 